this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. survived last week (laughs) yeah no kidding it was scary it was a little bit scary i'm not gonna lie i i expected at least somebody to get angry but actually i mean you and i agreed when we actually listened to the episode it was better than what we were afraid of yeah i mean we we skirted it so well i'm actually really proud of us for pulling that off well i think that part of the reason for that is i mean neither of us is assholes <laughs> yeah so it's kind well, of well at, at least it, well we're, we're 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 not assholes but we still do have higher expectations of humanity and i think that's what made it good yeah i mean i've, I've listened to some um did i say let's get weird yet yeah let's get weird <laughs> uh, sure. i've been listening to sam harris's podcast have you ever heard of him or listened to anything from him uh, why does that name sound so familiar He's a neuroscientist, but he kind of functions more as a philosopher. Um, He did a podcast called Waking Up, has a podcast called Waking Up. He did a book called Waking Up. He did a book called The End of Faith. He's a fairly well-known public intellectual. Mm, Okay. And he's also gotten himself into trouble because he's um, put himself into the fray um, in regards to Islamophobia. Uh-huh. He got in a, in, oh yes, that's why I know him. Okay, yeah, yeah. He got Fair in enough. a public fight with, or I shouldn't say he got in a fight, but Ben Affleck called him a racist on Bill Maher. Yep. Um, and my perception of him, I knew who he was before all that. Um, I can't remember. I think it was something in relation to Christopher Hitchens, who I was a, a fairly decent fan of um, while he was alive, and uh, I kind of always thought the guy was kind of pompous. And when I kind of heard about that stuff, I never saw the segment that happened there and I kind of never understood. And I, so I just, I had a really, a fairly low opinion of the guy. And someone I have a fairly high opinion of is Dak Shepard, the actor who has a wonderful podcast called Armchair Expert. And Dax is, Dax is fantastic because he 
has conversations with people and then kind of, you know, catches himself and goes, oh, you're right. I'm totally wrong about that, which I, which I really appreciate. And he's him and his co-host, Monica, are always talking about their respect for Sam Harris and his podcast. So I started listening to the podcast. Sorry, this is a long explanation. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at first, you know, he talks about Islam a lot. And at first I was, I rem- I felt like, yeah, oh my God, yeah, he is kind of a racist, isn't he? Ooh, I don't know if I can keep listening to this. But he wasn't like um, overtly racist. It was kind of like um, a sheet, you know, like there's these there's these people who believe that they're liberal-minded, but underneath it, there's actually some st- steeped um, prejudices that they can't see. And that's kind of what I assumed he was. But the more I started listening to the podcast and the more I heard him get into conversations, I realized I'm like, Oh no, he's not at all. In fact, he's the opposite. He's just sure. talking about something that's very, very difficult to talk about without people automatically assuming you're a racist and sometimes making missteps. And what I find really particularly interesting about him is he will get himself into conversations with people he's pretty sure he's going to disagree with. And he makes sure to steer the conversation into places that they will disagree so that he can learn from the conversation. Interesting which is a very respectable thing. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is because this week he had, um, I listened to it this week. I shouldn't say it aired this week. He had on, what is the woman's name? Rebecca Traster. And she wrote a book about um, women and anger and a lot to do, it has a lot to do with the Me Too movement. And um, so I assume it probably has something to do with Time's Up as well. And they had a very interesting conversation and it was weird to be hearing this conversation right after the conversation that we had last week because for for the most part, they're green and, and she's very, very articulate and she articulates some really great points about power dynamics. And the way she explains it all, it's, it's really probably one of the most articulate explanations of power dynamics that I've heard in a long time. But what was very interesting about it is two people that I actually think agree at about 80%, there's a point where I think she got excited about the conversation and she kind of stopped hearing what he was saying and how quickly it became a disagreement between two people who agree pretty much and him asking questions and then her, the moment she stopped hearing him, I noticed her taking the worst out of things he was saying because they had lost that connection. And I thought it was a really, really good explanation of how difficult these conversations can be, even between people who probably agree 90%. This is typically why I don't have these conversations, even with people I, I agree with, um, for the most part, just because at some point it becomes too emotionally charged for people to listen anymore. And I think once the listening stops, then the argument begins. And at that point, nothing gets accomplished. And that's really tough. Um, because I mean, I really do want to. I, I really do think that that at some point, the only way that we can have a reasonable political discourse is to for people to actually listen to each other. But you know, that's that's asking a lot. That's asking for people to meet on an emotional neutral ground, um, and from an idealistic neutral ground as well, um, where you can have some level of objectivity um, that allows you to not even necessarily see the other person's point, but to see all the points or to see. 
um, the, the scope of history and how it plays into this, or to see how the evolution of culture or the evolution of certain religions plays into this. You know, one of the things I don't, I don't like just as a standard rule is people who defend things without understanding them at all. Um, and I say this about, you know, I'm going to be very, very careful about how I say this. Um, but Islam is one of those things. You know, I, when I was in college, I studied sociology and theology quite a bit. And the misconceptions from both sides of the equation, both people who um, protect Islam as well as people who defend it, um, the perspectives are so narrow and most of the time uneducated that it's hard to have a real conversation about it. Well, I think what's also really difficult is we were kind of tainted or stained by a lot of the 